0: One of those things that has to happen in church, but which I never feel is quite right. And no offense to any announcements today, but it's announcements. Um, <laughs> they're they're important. We need we need to have them. We need to share what's going on. We need to get get information out in a lot of ways. I think it's universal. Every church across the world, people don't feel like they know everything that's going on, um, and so we we try to share what's going on in lots of ways, in, in newsletters, and emails, and and announcements, but it doesn't quite fit in with, with worship. I had a worship professor at seminary who was very eminent and translated a lot of the, these ancient texts called the Apostolic Constitutions and was helpful in, in putting together these do, Methodist documents on, on communion and on baptism. And he, he taught us wonderfully about, about communion and about the table and worship and, and preaching, how it all led together. And near the end of the semester, he was like, "And the announcements... Well, you've got to do them. So you either got do it at the beginning or the end, because I have no idea. And that was it. <laughs> but, but we live in a world where there's a lot of announcements. There's a lot of, of people longing for our attention. People paying billions and billions of dollars for our attention over and over again. Most of us, if you even receive mail, get a lot of calls in the mail um, for these, these causes that are so noble and important, and they said like, this is the most important thing in the world, and, and here are some return address stamps for you as well. Um, you get emails, some, somehow, like, when you get on one list, and then you're on 50 lists of these, of these causes that all sound great, but they all say that you are the key to saving all the children. I don't know if I'm the key, but it's, it's really compelling, these announcements of, that are important. And I think, think about that a lot. One of the keys, though, one of the important things is an announcement matters to us if it is relevant to us. If we, if we connect with it, you can hear a lot of people go, drone on and on and on about things. It's like, that doesn't have anything to do with me, so I'm going to be thinking about something else at this point. But I think about announcements, another thing is the movie A Match, that many of you saw um, a long time ago by now, um, in the early 70s, a Robert Altman film before the TV show. There was this movie about the Korean War, and um, it's lovely, it's this pastiche of, these, of the life inside this Korean, uh, this Korean hospital camp. And these doctors and surgeons, and some of them don't follow military discipline, exactly. Um <laughs> it's an understatement. But I remember seeing an interview with Robert Altman, after and he was talking about the movie, and how they had filmed everything, they had done, done everything, but it wasn't sitting right for him. It didn't, it didn't hold together. And so what he did was he got the actor who played Radar O'Reilly and come in and do some line reads and they shot, they did some still foot or some photos, uh, B-footage of the announcement uh, megaphone, it's like, um, and so they spun that all throughout and that's what strung the movie together, that's what made it a film, Robert Altman said if they hadn't done that they might as well turn the cameras off and call it radio because there wasn't a movie. Um, they need it. It was it was necessary. Without, without those announcements, there wouldn't have been a story to tell. Because some, some announcements are, are relevant, some announcements are necessary. Even among among the din and the and the noise and the cacophony of this world, there are there are news that is good. Think about when when a loved one who who you thought was, was far away had come home. Think about when, when a child is born. There's a, there's a new family with a new baby that is here today. Like the announcement that the baby was born, how, how proud and how happy they were. When someone has a, a good diagnosis, these announcements that are good, they're like, whoa, that matters to me. And it cuts through what came before. I want us to think about those different ideas of announcement as we look to Paul one last time. Um, well, not one last time, but at least for the series, one last time. We'll still be dealing with Paul the rest of our life, but... Um, <laughs> yes, I know, that's, that's part of it. dealing with Paul is kind of like the reality of being a Christian in some ways. <laughs> but but he, is, he is someone you have to deal with because, because he cuts through a lot of the noise of life and gets to the heart of the matter. Two weeks ago, we talked about Paul as a convert convert, that we always have to remember Paul as a convert. Paul whose life changed radically. He was going one way with his life and God struck him and said, Paul, you have something else you can do. You can live another way. And this news, what you thought was just for you is actually for everybody. And in that last week, we talked about Paul as a friend and how we need to understand Paul through his friendships, through those last chapters of those letters that many people skip over, where he just goes through a lot of Greek names. Thank you, Karen, for reading all those Greek names. Last week. Uh, but but there's, it matters. It matters that Paul says, calls Junia, one of, uh, one of the apostles, and calls, calls Priscilla, a deacon, and lifts up these w- women in leadership in the church in the six, 60s A.D., um, thousands of years ago, lifting them up in their friendship and hold their friendship in tension with whatever language we find throughout the rest of the letters. Today, I want to talk about Paul as a messenger. Paul Paul is a messenger of good news. And it's important we think about, you know, we, it's so easy to transport information today. It's with a like less than a snap and you can share news around the world. And thinking about how hard it was to transfer information even 100 years ago. How hard it was to to move news around. You think of the in the 1948, Dewey defeats Truman and how this this headline that didn't quite get it right. Um, the news was it, was, it was good news for Truman because it was wrong. <laughs> but that, that kind of way that um, I think about in, in World War I and before radio operators. And so they had um, dispatch riders on these Indian motorcycles and Harley Davidsons riding through the trenches. Um, many, of them, many of them killed, but how important it was to get the news to the commanders to know where people were. Because if you thought an enemy was one place and it was another place, you'd already lost the battle. Um, how important getting news across. One of the first things the United States did when it started the country was start the post office. Because in order to be a nation, you needed to share news with people. You needed to share with people. All of, the, all of this is, is important, but I want to get back to Paul and what was the news that he was sharing. And one of my professors, a man named Douglas Campbell, wrote a wonderful book, um, simply titled Paul, um, it gets to it. He also wrote a book a few years before um, called The Deliverance of God An Apocalyptic Rereading of Justification in Paul. That um, is 1,200 pages. Um, so if you want to read this, I will lend it to you, but I think, I think Paul, a good, healthy 200 is the place. <laughs> but um, he, su- he sums up really, really, really well. Um, what Paul's good news is and what, what he was proclaiming. Paul's gospel proclaimed a God who is for us. He was for us before we were for him. God reached out to us while we were still estranged, hostile, and sinful, going to extraordinary lengths to draw us back. The Father and the Spirit offered up their beloved son to die for us. The Son accepted the will of of the Father and the Spirit and obeyed this faith, becoming one with us and dying for us. This tells us that God loves us and loves us before he does or is anything else. God is love all the way across and all the way down. This was the announcement that God struck Paul with and that Paul could not let go the rest of his life. That he had lived his whole life feeling that he was special for being a child of Abraham, that God had called his people for a special meaning, had given them the Torah, the law, or a better translation, the way, the way to live, the way to reach God. And he had followed it judiciously. He had lived up to it and had told people when they were not living up to it over and over again. He thought that was what his life was all about. And then God struck him and said, no, Paul, there is more. I am not only for you, but for everyone and I want you to be my messenger to the nations, to tell them that God is for them, that there is life offered for them. In this passage from Romans that um, that Aubrey read, it starts off a little earlier that Paul Paul talks about in chapter 5, verse 6, while we were still weak, at the right moment Christ died, For ungodly people, while we were still weak, God did not look out and say, "Okay, who are the strong ones? I'm going to do good for them. While we were most in need, God offers himself for us. Paul goes on and says, but God shows his love for us because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So now that we have been made righteous by his blood, we can even more, we can even more, we can be even more certain that we will be saved from God's wrath through him. Now, God's wrath is one of those hard words. It's a tough, it's a tough phrase, it's one that we don't it's not easy to wrap our minds around. But I want to think as well about, about Paul and his reality, that Paul was, was a child of Abraham. He was a Jew, and he, in his mind in the first century A.D., there were the Jews and the Gentiles, and they were so separate. And God's promise was for the people of Israel. And so the way to divide the the world was between Jew and Gentile. And what Paul's gospel that he receives is that each of us, Jew or Gentile, has already been divided, divided against God by the kingdom of self, by centering our world around ourselves. And that what God wants to do is to get rid of that, to clean us of that, to free us of that taint of sin and separation, of, of hostility and self destruction. And that God is angry with that hostility and self destruction. That you think about what a person you love who is going through a self destructive phase and that doesn't make you happy. And you're not mad at the person, you're mad at, at what is going on in that destruction and just want to clean them off. And that's what God came to us for to clean us, to offer us life, that even though we were in that space, we were reconciled to God. And not just that, if we were reconciled, Paul goes on to God through the death of his son, while we were still enemies to God, while we were still in this other kingdom of self, while we were still thinking only for ourselves and our desires and our needs and using other people as tools for that. Now, God sent his son for us. And now that we have been reconciled, how much more certain is it that we will be saved by his life? This is Paul, Paul getting to the heart of the matter that God has offered himself for us. And he could not, it was not this point that he's like, okay, I'm Paul, I'm okay, I'm good, I'm a good Jew. It wasn't that, okay, Paul, you're good, you're fine, go off and live by yourself. It's like, no, go, take this good news and share. I have an announcement to make and it is relevant. It is relevant to each of us. And not only are you going to go to a town and just say a word and then move on, oftentimes Paul went to a place for a year talking to people. Or three years, it says at Romans, that he spent three years before he was finally in prison sharing good news, building the church. But he did not end there. He did not, he did not just feel like he needed to go to one place and live the rest of his life. God had sent him around. God had sent him to share this good news. That God's love in Jesus Christ is greater than our sin. And that that is the announcement, that is the good news, that no matter who you are, where you are, whether you grew up in the church or not, many of us oftentimes feel levels of estrangement from God. We feel like maybe God doesn't really forgive us. Or maybe that thing that we don't want to think about, God doesn't, you know, God doesn't forgive us of that. Or maybe, oh no, I'm, not, I'm just not good at praying. I'm just not a nice person. I'm just not these things. And we have these excuses and rationalizations. And we think that that, no, I don't know if God can really fix me. I don't know if God can really fix me. But the good news that Paul offers that reveals in the scriptures is that there is no sin of our own that is greater than God's love for us and there's no sin that we have that would keep God from us that it was in our weakness that Christ died for us and no matter when we are weak now God is with us God is for us Paul goes on and starts this metaphor of the new Adam and he talks about Adam in verse 12 that through through Adam all death came but through Christ as the new Adam life is offered for all He says, if many people died through what one person did wrong, God's grace is multiplied even more for many people with the gift of the one person, Jesus Christ. This gift isn't like the consequences of one person's sin. If death ruled because of one person's failure, those who receive the multiplied grace and gift of righteousness will even more certainly rule in life through the one person, Jesus Christ. Now again, it's, Paul is not the most clearest writer, um, but he gets gets to the point of the matter that we are free through Jesus Christ and redeemed of the brokenness in this world. And even though we still live in this world that we see brokenness around us, there is life offered for us. This is good news. This is good news, not just for you, not just for those in this room, but for those in this world. And we see that with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. (laughs) He was we in a lot of ways. <laughs> he was we in kindness more than he was we in height. <laughs> he was we in thoughtfulness. He was we in courtesy. <laughs> he was a small man in a lot of ways. He was not he was a sinner. He was someone who was self-destructive to the community. He was someone the community had pushed aside. He was basically had been excommunicated. That's what the word means. It means you're sent out of a community. Because of his actions, he was no longer a part of the community. He had just been, he had collaborated so much with the Romans, he was no longer a part of the community. And they could not understand why Jesus was with him. They could not understand that God's love even covered this sinner. And God's power was there. Zacchaeus couldn't understand it. He didn't think he deserved friendship with God. Because that's at the heart of the matter that, that Jesus offers for us. That's the heart of the announcement that God offers for us. Not, not only do we get a lifeboat out of death, but we get friendship with God. It's not, about, it's not about just some future life. It is the kingdom of heaven is here and God offers friendship for you and for many. And that offering is beautiful. And it does not come because of what you did or what you haven't done. It doesn't, it doesn't come because you, you know, you missed that thing last week or you don't get God's grace because you came to church today. That's not how it works. So thank you for coming to church today. That's awesome. But God's grace is not dependent on our actions. And that is a powerful good news. And it's one we need to hear again and again and again. Because so often in this world, we keep falling back, or at least I do, I must confess, keep falling back on being dependent on my actions and thinking, if I don't do this, then God will not love me, or this person will not love me, or this church will not like me, or these things will not go on. When instead, living into and leaning into God's grace and goodness, that I am loved from before all of this, that I am forgiven before all of this, that I am a child of God made in the image of God. The message of Paul is not new king, same as the old king. It's not you had a kingdom of self and now your new king is there. That's not what's going on. Instead, Paul says, or Doug says, explaining Paul, <laughs> which basically just Paul. <laughs> he said, God created humanity, lovingly elected them into existence and fellowship, preserving them through self through their self-destructive hostility and foolishness. I think that's a great definition of sin. Self-destructive hostility and foolishness preserved us through that and refuses to let any of them go as seen especially in the great outreach of the mission to the pagan nations. God loves humanity as much as he loves Israel. Israel standing as a remnant and hence as a saving sign in relation to the rest of humanity. God's son came to save the human race, undoing the destruction of Adam, not just the destruction of Jews. Hence, it seems that exactly the same rationale should apply. God will not let humanity go. My brothers and sisters, that is good news for us today. This may have been written, or Paul's letter to the Romans may have been written almost 2,000 years ago, but it matters for us today because it still seems time when we look in this news and we look in this world that... God, it looks sometimes like God has let us go. And it's hard to see grace. And for some of us, that may not be the case, but I know it's the case for others. That there are, there are struggles in this life, there are valleys. And to remember and to hold together that God does not call us as individuals, but calls us together as the body of Christ to remind each other that God has not let us go. To remind each other that when we are going through the valley of the shadow of death that Christ has walked before us and we can stand with him because he stands with us and when we see others in our life who are going through that valley we can stand with them not as ourselves but as children of God with power beyond imagination that is good news that is news that holds the story of this world together Without this good news, I don't know how we could go on. My brothers and sisters, receive it, hear it, share it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.